I'm at Santa Monica's recycling center. It's in a large yard right near the art galleries of Bergamont Station. Trucks are lumbering in and out, carrying their loads of recyclables. It's quite smelly, especially in this heat wave, but it's also fascinating to look at. You can see mountains of trash and then stacks of bales of squashed cans, plastic bottles and paper ready to be shipped to companies that will turn those sorted materials into new stuff. The bales are the end product of a cycle that starts with a pile of mixed trash that goes along a conveyor belt where workers are pulling out various bits of refuse. Wes Thompson is recycle coordinator for the city of Santa Monica. Everybody's picking out a different material. He's picking out cardboard. They're picking out bottles. You can hear the bottles. The only the thing left at the end is white paper that you see the mountain of. Is the white paper the white the paper. Is the white mixed paper the desirable piece of all of this? Yep. I also meet a man who's driven in from outside Santa Monica. He's sorting out and throwing cans into a chute. So why is he not simply putting his recyclables in his own trash can for the city to pick up? Pacific Palisades, where I'm from, yeah, they come every week, pick it up. But I've heard it goes to landfill. Wes Thompson says this man's belief is a widely held suspicion. But his dedication reflects a deep commitment to recycling in the U.S. According to the EPA, in 2013, we generated about 254 million tons of trash and we recycled and composted about 87 million tons. But it's an effort that New York Times science writer John Tierney thinks is a big old waste of time and money. Recycling started with the idea that we're running out of materials and that we're running out of space to bury garbage and landfills. And both of those ideas have turned out to be wrong. And partly because of that, it's more expensive generally to recycle than it is to uh, bury trash in landfills or to incinerate it. Um, and therefore, it doesn't really make economic sense to do it. And for most materials, it does make sense to recycle paper and cardboard and metals and there are some environmental benefits there. But for most other stuff, it just doesn't really make economic sense. It doesn't do much for the environment. Uh, the big environmental benefit comes from reducing the need to make a new plastic bottle uh, or to make a new um, soda can. And we're spending a lot of time you know, trying to reach higher and higher kind of arbitrary goals of recycling everything, which to me doesn't make sense. Um, I've seen cities claim that this pays for itself, but, but whenever I've seen a good independent audit, it generally shows that recycling costs more than alternative methods of, of waste disposal. And really the biggest cost of all to me, um, it isn't just what the city is spending to recycle this stuff. It's all the time that, uh, that people are spending. I mean, I did some calculations in my first article. If you actually counted the labor that everyone, you know, by, by turning all of us into unpaid garbage sorters, if you actually counted that, it, would just, it makes recycling horrendously expensive. And when I think of all the time that, you know, the children spend in school learning about garbage, I went to a third-grade classroom where they spent the whole week of science class studying garbage, and they were made to feel just terribly guilty that they were destroying the earth. The earth was going to be overrun with garbage, and if they didn't, you know, recycle that yogurt container, poor Mother Earth was really going to suffer. And I just wanted to tell them, look, you know, that, that yogurt container, it came out of the earth, it was put to a good purpose, and we'll put it back in the earth and safely cover it and turn it into a park. But if people took all this to heart and decided, phew, I don't have to spend my time being an unpaid garbage sorter, I'll just, you know, let everything go to the landfill as it used to. 
Do you think it's okay to just consume and waste and consume and waste? I mean, is is there not some sort of social value to keeping a measure of what we're buying and throwing away? Well, I say that there are a couple of things. I mean, um, for a lot of people, um, it is this ritual of atonement, basically, that I feel bad about about all the stuff I buy. You know, someone nicely said that, you know, all of us like to pretend that we don't like stuff, um, that we're non-materialist, and that garbage is the lipstick on the collar of our love affair with stuff. So, you know, people feel that they're atoning for that by recycling. And in the sense that it makes people feel better, I suppose it's, you know, it, it, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with religious rituals. I just wish it wasn't mandatory for everyone else because I don't have that same guilt about it. And I also don't, and I can't fool myself that my recycling makes much difference at all either. You're listening to John Tierney. He's the author of a recent commentary for the New York Times called The Reign of Recycling. That follows up on a 1996 article in which he made more or less the same argument. That broke the record for hate mail at the New York Times magazine. But is there something to the timing of this piece? Adam Minter is author of Junkyard Planet, and he grew up with a family who worked in the waste disposal industry. When you talk about carbon offsets and when you talk about saving energy, you're actually talking about saving money. And that's why we recycle. Um, you know, it's, it's all very nice. I mean, you know, uh, Tierney likes to bring up that people are only doing it for moral reasons. But in fact, people do recycling for money. And that's why it's a hugely profitable business. You know, over the last 10 years, most years, it's been the number one export by volume from the United States to China. Well, why would China import a bunch of old American bottles or old American scrap paper, old American automobiles? Well, they're importing it because it's a cheaper raw material to use than to go and set up a new copper mine, say, or clear-cut a forest somewhere in western China. It's a money savings. When you save energy, and you do save energy when you use recycled materials, you're actually saving money. Um, Tierney doesn't address that. The last time he wrote an article about the recycling business was in the mid-1990s, and that's an interesting time for the recycling business in the global commodities markets because they were very flat at that point. And right around 1996-97, after Tierney wrote his article, uh, commodities went, underwent what's called the commodity supercycle, and they went underwent one of the great runs of uh, market-based enthusiasm in history. If you were in recycling from the mid-1990s to about a year and a half ago, you would have to try really, really hard to lose money because the price of commodities was just so high. About a year and a half ago, two years ago, Chinese growth started slowing down. And when Chinese growth started slowing down, they didn't need as much, uh, they didn't need as much steel, they didn't need as much aluminum, they didn't need as much plastic, and that hurt the recycling business. And all of these municipal recycling programs around the United States, which had done extremely well, they were returning money to municipalities, uh, started suffering. So for municipalities, absolutely, the municipalities right now are losing money. And it's just, it's a matter of waiting out the markets. You know, tyranny and other critics of recycling sometimes forget that this is not a new business. Um, recycling has existed since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. You could argue it existed since biblical times when somebody finally decided to beat a plowshare or a sword into a plowshare. Um, you know, I grew up in this industry. Uh, my grandfather was in this industry, and it's seen its ups and downs over the years for centuries. And this is nothing new. It's just some of these municipalities aren't accustomed to going through a downturn, so they're panicking. But it's nothing new, and uh, this too shall pass.
That was Adam Minter, author of Junkyard Planet and the blog Shanghai Scrap. So recycling is about economics and it's also about carbon emissions. And here, John Tierney makes a different argument. In your piece, the, the point that jumped out at me was to offset the carbon emission from one plane to Europe, you'd have to recycle about 40,000 plastic bottles. Are you saying we should focus less on recycling our kitchen waste and more on the impact of flying? Um, if you're concerned about carbon emissions, you're much better off. You'll do much more for the planet by, you know, by worrying about things that really contribute to the greenhouse effect, which would be air travel is probably the number one thing. Uh, having a second home is, is another huge contributor. And using your car an awful lot. These things actually make a big contribution. Recycling just doesn't make that much difference to the overall carbon footprint of America, and especially recycling of anything besides paper or, or metal. More than 90% of the benefit of recycling, the greenhouse benefit, comes from paper and cardboard and metal. The other stuff, the glass, the plastics, the, you know, the yard waste, the food waste, is just minuscule. And, and you're fooling yourself if you think that doing that absolves you from uh, your other environmental sins, if that's the way you see putting carbon in the atmosphere. Back to Adam Minter. Well, I, that, yeah, that's a very interesting point. In fact, I wrote a column on just that topic on carbon emissions from jet flights a few months ago. And that is a, a relevant argument. I mean, it's a different argument. But yeah, I mean, you know, when you're talking about uh, the amount that we actually travel by jet and the amount of emissions, I think it's around 2 to 3% of global carbon emissions come from aviation. That's a real problem. But if we sort of circle it back to recycling, you know, we're recycling all these bottles. If you recycle 40,000 bottles, that offset doesn't need to go to jet travel. I mean, it could go to travel on the 405. For sure, I mean, I think we do need to be thinking about these uh, jet travel and, and, what, and what contribution it makes to the global emissions debate. But in terms of recycling, I mean, offsets are offsets, and it just depends on how you want to apply them. That was Adam Minter, author of Junkyard Planet and the blog Shanghai Scrap. And you also heard John Tierney. He's the science writer for The New York Times.